0: Previously on that songless
1: syllabus. Well, if you ever want, uh, I could play you her song. Oh, I'd love to hear it.
0: with the goblins you seemingly lost control of yourself it seemed as if something was controlling you
2: sometimes my friend will help me and get rid of people who are not friends of Thorn
3: Neeple is Thorn and Thorn is Nepo. Neeple is family so I think Thorn is
1: family too would you two like to play a game it's a game where we sort of have one person blinded and another person sort of guiding them through the room
3: all 13 sticks splits and different little creatures starts to attack you guys you see the little twig just beside seeker and starts running to the best of their abilities until it sees a little crack on the wall and just lunges itself into it leaving the area
4: throughout the vastness of the multiverse there lies a tavern as you approach its doors you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds as you head inside the smile of the tavern keeper greets you they're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form they wear attire befitting of an innkeeper and they have a large, cloudy nebula for hair, speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement.
3: Welcome to the Storyteller Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is The Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive the descent into the dungeon?
0: Or is there a darkened calamity taking roots
3: far from the sun's reach?
0: As soon as, like, we're calming down from the intensity of combat, Morris just takes a deep breath and turns towards Thorn. Thank you for the assist, my friend.
2: Yes, yes, sticks should be used to roast marshmallows, not crawl up legs and cut people's up.
0: I must say, I've fought many creatures in my day, but I don't think I've ever seen any manner of life form quite like that.
1: I'm just wondering, where did they come from? Yes, it is a little bit strange that sort of twig-like creatures would be down here in the darkness.
0: Based on their size, I imagine they skidded out from cracks in the ground.
1: Maybe they've got lost!
5: Well, I think that maybe if they hadn't tried to attack us, uh, we, we could have helped them out, but since they attacked us, I think I think what we did was,
1: you know, self-defense. Do you think that maybe these creatures have something to do with the druid? <sighs>
0: Given what I know about druidic magic, it's entirely possible. Uh, My wife was acquainted with some druids, and from what I know, they do have the power to control natural life, so perhaps they were sent as some sort of warning.
1: Well, I suppose we won't know till we find this druid, if that's something that we want to do.
3: Seeker, roll for me a history check. For. Huh, druids? That's cool. You think you have heard of those? Somewhere? Maybe? Oh yeah, children's stories. That's where you heard of them, and that's all that you know about druids.
5: I, I mean, sure. If we if we were to come across uh, this druid, I suppose, you know, I don't know if we'd really have a choice whether or not we f- we fight them, but. Ain't druids a myth? Like from from stories that we tell youngins?
0: Believe me, my friend, druids are far from a myth, though they are quite legendary. Uh, and if we do face this so-called druid, I do intend to have words with them. Misusing such a sacred power, it's unforgivable.
5: Huh, well that's really neat. I- honestly didn't know that they were real.
0: If you'd like, next time we have a chance to sit down, I could tell you some tales of a druid I... knew.
4: Methuselah's gonna give Mortis a little cute smile.
0: Wholesome trauma moment.
5: <laughs> now, I suppose, because Mortis, you're you're a really good person. Uh, I... I don't suppose this, this druid that you knew was like this, this bad one especially cause of what you said about the conversation and words you wanted to have with this other druid for you said misusing sacred path or something
0: well yes uh, most druids that I've heard of and well the one that I've met myself uh, they typically use their powers to support nature and to bring about the betterment of it. Whereas, from what I can tell, this druid seems to be using nature as a destructive weapon.
4: Can I do a history check to recall any ancient lore about druids? Go ahead. Specifically, if there's any songs or poems that Fool's Fortune might have picked up on their travels.
3: Okay. Uh, In that case, do for me with advantage.
5: Can I roll an insight check against Mortis just to see if uh, Seeker can glean any more information about like whether Mortis is being completely truthful about the druids? Not because they think he's lying per se, but because sometimes when you're really close with a person, it can lead you to think the better of them. And if, you know, he's wrong about the druids, that could have been like just a Thing that he's deciding to not be hundred percent honest about
3: I will allow it just allow uh Katya's role to go first please
4: absolutely I got an 18.
3: With an 18 you actually have heard stories from Lestri, Century Soul, and even some of the other places from the members of Fool's Fortune uh, being that I and even um, Stolpenstein. And you have remembered that a long time ago, you drew a correlation between some of these folk tales, mostly children's stories, where there's always these wise magical users related to nature and that protects nature, and they tend to be guides of heroes and protectors of the land. And there is a correlation about how the main villain for these mentors, these wise people were giants, creatures of yore, who were strong and bigger than anything else, who could mold the earth with sheer force of will and power and they protected the land from these creatures, these horrible monsters, that were always the antagonists of these children's stories and these folklore fables, almost.
1: You know, uh, I do know a bit about the druids and their history. Chrysantha was very interested in the lore about giants. So I do know that long, long time ago, the druids actually fought the giants to protect the natural world. It's quite a unique
3: story. With that prompt, you guys are able to remember that, yeah, there is children's stories with the giants and stuff, but those are myths, though. That's the the main idea, that giants doesn't really exist. It was always a fabrication from caretakers to tell children what not to do and stuff like that, but nothing too specific, just faint memories of those.
4: I will say Chrysantha totally believed in giants.
3: Seeker, go for your check.
4: 12.
0: Yeah, that that passes my passive deception. Just based on Mortis's body language as he's talking about this person, you you can tell that he definitely had a closer relationship with this druid than he's letting on, although you wouldn't know the exact nature of their relationship but he's definitely much closer to this person than oh just an acquaintance
5: so seeker's gonna kind of like nod towards mortis and because you know for them having their closest relationship being their sister they kind of in lieu of like a known spouse they kind of think that like the closest relationship somebody has is with a sibling so they're gonna turn to mortis uh, so, like, close acquaintance, like, Methuselah and Chrysantha, or close acquaintance, like, Faith and I.
0: Mortis just, like, you could see a slight tinge of embarrassment on his face. Like, he, his normally stoic demeanor kind of cracks for a second. And then he's like, Well, oh, to hell with it. I suppose I can tell you all. Ah. I mentioned this to Methuselah, but given the nomadic nature of druids, I, I thought it best to keep this to myself. But seeing as my wife has unfortunately passed, I, I suppose I can tell you. My wife, Nera, was actually a practicing druid. Uh, it was a closely guarded secret, and in our village, She mostly masqueraded as an ordinary healer, such as a cleric, but, uh, she taught me many things about the druidic arts, and, well, it's given me a newfound respect for the craft.
5: I don't know if Seeker would have learned this from, like, stories about about druids, like the kids' stories, but do they… would they know anything about, like, speaking with plants or, like, that sort of thing?
3: in children's stories these druids these wise people they were capable of doing incredible feats talking to plants talking to animals becoming animals um becoming best friends with animals taking care of nature making nature grow like it's the most fantastical of stories like true fairy tales so in a general sense yeah but it's so wild that most people just take it as storytelling more than anything
5: and given like seekers very basic knowledge of the arcane would they have heard of the spell speak with plants do you think should i roll for that
3: you can roll for that okay. roll for me a arcana check just to see how much exposure to the magic of the world you have been
5: uh, dirty 20.
3: Yes, you have received quite a bit of knowledge, maybe, from exposure to people at the temple uh, in regards to some of the miracles that it's, magic is capable of doing. But especially more in the sense of magic coming from the Cat Lady. that whole divine permission to be able to cast these spells you don't know if other types of magic are capable to do that too but you have been exposed to that spell maybe a little bit more as well
5: given the community that they grew up in yeah. oh so like would your wife have known how to speak to the tomato plants like some people in Tom's rest do
0: oh yes Uh, she my wife was quite empathic Uh, whenever there would be major storms or any sort of natural issues in Lestri. She would always seem very disturbed, as though she could feel the pain and suffering of the animals and plants in the region. Through knowing her, I've gained quite a bit of respect for the environment.
4: Methuselah does take out their, like, old notebook and is writing the stuff that Mortis says down.
0: (laughs) I feel like, gotta get that new songwriting material.
4: (laughs) Exactly,
5: inspiration. And so Seeker's going to kind of like out of the corner of their eyes see Methuselah jotting it all down. And they're going to turn back to Mortis. Aw, well, I'm really sorry that you lost her. But I I know it doesn't really help because it's not going to bring her back. But you have us now. And I hope that, you know, I I don't think any of us want to pursue a romantic relationship with you. I I I don't... I'm not picking up those vibes, but you know we we still love you. You're, I th- I think the four of us have a pretty pretty nice little family now, as it were. So you you may feel alone, but you're not. And I would have loved to have met Nara, you know, because she's important to you, and you've you've become important to me.
0: Mortis just kind of. Let's out like a little small grandpa smile and he puts a hand on Seeker's shoulder. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, I wish you could have met her as well. Uh, I believe she would have gotten along very well with all of you. Hmm. I never grew up with siblings, but I would consider you and Methuselah some of the closest that I w- have ever had to that type of relationship. As for Thorn, well, I never considered myself a father, but with the amount of misses I've dragged you out of, you've become something of a son to me.
2: Speaking of Thorn.
0: (laughs) I'm just like, okay, dad.
2: About how long would you say this conversation between these three have gone on for?
3: Best part of maybe four minutes of reaching five.
2: Gonna be honest, Thorn has probably started to wander off. He's probably started walking
4: ahead. Um, would I be allowed to like see if I can like see Thorn wandering off? Because Methuselah's mind is half on this conversation, but also being like, I don't want Thorn to deal with that sort of trauma right now.
3: Because you're not hiding it, you know. You're just wondering. Uh, I'll allow you to do a perception check um, with advantage. The reason for that is because um, it's just Thorn walking, but Meepo would be following Thorn and trying to interact with Thorn, so that's a very noticeable thing. Thorn's passive stealth
4: is 14.
3: 17. Oh yeah, especially during the conversation between Seeker and Mortis. Uh, little thorn starts to walk and wander more like zigzagging into the hallway more than anything and then meepo goes ah we're we're running we're playing what are we doing thorn neepo thorn neepo and that allows you to perceive that thorn is getting disquieted so it's starting to like walk by themselves and stuff yeah I'm
4: gonna notice that and kind of, like, call out and be like, Oh, Meepo, Thorn, oh wait, don't go yet. We should probably hurry this along. Look at the two others as I say that. Sorry, I just want to point out that, like, in
5: their head, uh, Seeker's kind of thinking that they feel the bond between, like, themselves and Mortis and Methuselah grow, because the coolest and most powerful person that they're close to all of them are dope ass ladies. Like, shout out to Chrysantha, shout out to Space, shout out to Nara.
4: Like, yeah, and as I like call that out too, um, I'm gonna kind of go after Thorn and make sure that Thorn doesn't go on to the next room where all the carnage is.
2: Thorn kind of like dramatically like goes over to you. He kind of like grabs onto the ends of your coat and is like, okay, let's, let's
1: get going. All right. All right. We do have that game we want to play. Yes. Yes. Thorn is excited.
0: Or just kind of trudges over and he's like, You got to be a bit more patient, my friend. Only patient goblins get to play the game. And he like pats him on the head.
2: Yes, Thorn is patient. Thorn was just wondering, was not going anywhere.
3: And with that, you guys traverse to the next room Uh, that room. It was the one with the arrows before the actual target practice place where the carnage took place. You guys were covered by that, so you guys prepare the place just fine. But in there, you guys stop to make preparations for your game.
4: And Methuselah is going to take out uh, two pieces of decorative cloth from their disguise kit and is gonna kind of give like one to Thorn and then like one to Meepo. And then it's gonna be like,
1: all right, so the game basically, you have to cover your eyes with the blindfold and then I'll guide you, Thorn, and then Seeker will guide uh, Meepo and then Mortis will be our judge and look out for who's gets to the next door fastest in the next room.
0: I'll even give you a little reward if you come in first.
1: Meepo likes rewards. Yes,
2: yes. Thorne starts, like, putting on the blindfold, but, like, it seems like he's having trouble with it because he kind of, like, puts it around his eyes, and then instead of tying it, he starts spinning as if, like, he's trying to grab the other ends of it. Seeker's going to,
5: like, kind of crouch down to Meepo and put one of their paws up. Alright, little buddy. Let's high-five. We can win this.
3: Yeah! And then he goes for a high-five and completely misses your hand. It, it's disorientating him. Yeah! Just a moment! Yeah! Yeah! On the fourth try, they are able to slightly tap your hand, but like, just the fingers, like most of the palm kind of passes through. Hey! We did it! Let yeah. get this! He grabs the little veil and sees Thorn having issues, so he goes, Thorn look, it's like this, and then he, like, ties it around his neck, but the physiology of Kobolds is that the neck is thinner than the rest of the face, so he goes, Tights it, it's nice, secure, now you put it, you, and he tries to push it, like, upwards, but he gets stuck in the jaw, and he "Yep, it's a bit more difficult, but, yeah.
1: Here, Meepo, let let me help you. I I have lots of experience with this, so I I can help you tie that. Okay. Yes, me and Croissant, we played a game like this
5: uh, a lot. (laughs) Oh, no!
1: Seeker's gonna be like,
5: okay, all right. Because, again, they play play games that involve things like trust and friendship and things like that all the time with the kids at the temple so they're like I know this game and so they're like yeah of course you would play it with
4: somebody that you're close to trust me the game did involve a lot of trust (laughs) so yeah then I'm I'm gonna help like Meepo and Thorn like properly put it on
3: (laughs) so you're able to help both Thorn and Meepo blindfolding them
1: all right, and the important thing here is you don't take the blindfold off, because if you do, you automatically lose the game. Okay, uh, okay.
2: And Thorn kind of like reaches out, trying to find Methuselah. I sort of like help
4: guide Thorn.
3: Maple then outstretches their hand towards finding Seeker. Instead, he finds the one of the sides of the shell of Mortis and goes...
2: That's not furry.
5: Uh, Hey, Meepo, f- follow my voice, okay? You got this. Okay.
3: Walks two steps and falls face forward.
5: A seeker is going to go and help Meepo up. <laughs> oh, that's furry. Yeah, yeah, I-, I am furry. You got that right. Come on.
0: While this is happening, Mortis doesn't say anything, but he kind of just gestures with his eyes to Methuselah as if to say, like, I'm going to scout out ahead, make sure everything's okay.
4: Methuselah just quietly, like, nods.
0: Uh, So while while Seeker's helping Meepo up, Mortis is going to make his way towards the next room.
3: The next room, as described before, there's the hallway that leads towards this practice range area uh there is the 10 feet tall um structure it's like a rustic wooden platform that all of the goblins were on to create uh a certain difficulty for you guys to reach them and for a better uh range for their uh practice because this is a a practice range a shooting range of sorts for the goblins um So you see all the carcass, especially with the torch on your hand. You see all the blood-stained walls. Everything is too much for you to be able to clean it. And you also take notice of the door uh, at the left wall going towards the structure at the same level that you are. It's a wall. It's a door that you guys noticed before, but in the middle of the chaos, it was kind of overlooked.
0: Just looking at the path to the door to the next room, um, are there any bodies, like, very obviously in the
3: way? You only see the one door that was overlooked. You would have to climb up that platform to actually see if there's any other entrances or doors towards that area, because the structure is big enough to cover a door if there was a door around that corner of the room.
0: Morris doesn't take any action yet. He just sort of analyzes the room, tries to see if he can figure out any way to safely climb up.
3: As the platform is made of rustic woods and materials, it's actually quite easy to climb up because it's like tied up boards and blanks of wood, so you can get grips and Places to have your footing there quite easily.
0: After taking like twenty seconds to look around, Mortis is gonna slowly trudge up and he's gonna try to climb up the the thing. But he is it's important to note he is doing it one-handed because he has he has to hold the torch with his other hand.
3: Yes, sir. Do an athletics check for me.
0: <laughs> you got your Bardic inspiration back, bestie.
4: Hey, thank you, Mortis. <laughs>
0: Well, I rolled a natural 1 on climbing. This should end well for me.
5: Hi, a low play that. You're on your hurdy
4: gurdy. I'm just like I sense Mortis failing.
3: You go to climb up, but as soon as you put all your weight towards the wall to start climbing up, one of the boards was very poorly fixated onto the rest of the structure and it just comes loose as you put your hand and weight on it smacks you in the face you kind of tumble backwards but you don't fall you don't actually fall completely but that smack was a good d4 bludgeoning damage on you
0: only two damage
3: nothing that will kill you but ouch
0: as just as gets his footing, he kind of, like, rubs his leg where he f- tumbled He's just like, Ugh, not my finest moments. And then he quickly confirms that there aren't any bodies directly in the path of the door that's ground level. He's basically given up on the one on the platform, and he's just going to kind of stoically wait for everyone else to arrive.
3: Yeah, all the bodies are on the platform or after it, per se. all of them were shooting arrows at you guys there were nobody on the ground floor with you guys you walk towards the door and as you go for it uh, you start hearing Methuselah and Seeker approaching guiding the blindfolded little companions of yours into it there's still a little while because the blindfolded especially Meeple is like very apprehensive, so he has his outstretched hand that is not being holding on by Seeker, and he's quietly and very slowly walking, so much that Seeker is forced to keep up the slow pace of Meepo. Uh, Thorn is a little bit faster, but not by much. Mortis tries the door, and notices that it seems to be somewhat stuck. Either that, or it is locked. Is
0: there a visible lock on the
3: door? Take a quick look with your light. It illuminates. It's because it's made of rustic material. The door is kind of hard to see it. But yes, you do see a lock mechanism on it. It's almost like rustic and placed it there. Hmm. Well, this might be a problem.
0: And then Mortis is just going to turn back towards the others and wait for them to catch up.
3: You see Methuselah and Thorn clearly getting closer to the halfway point of the hall uh, getting closer to you while Seeker is struggling because Meepo has fallen at least twice so Meepo is clearly bringing Seeker back or keeping Seeker from progressing which is starting to get Seeker on their nerves the question that I had was,
2: like, what is the state of the bodies? Like, are there flies? Have rats started to get to them? Are they smelly? How would you describe it?
3: It's starting to smell a little. That is a true fact. I should have pointed that out. I
2: also know that during composition, flies get to them pretty fast. If there are flies down if there. Are flies down there.
3: I don't think he would have come to death yet, but the smell is easily noticeable. What would
2: Thorn have to roll to kind of like smell the blood and the start of decomposition and like kind of start to get like a little concerned and suspicious, I guess his way would describe it?
3: That might be a combination of skill checks. So roll for me a nature check first. Okay. A 12. Considering Thorn's backstory, I would feel like they have not been truly exposed to too many carcasses. They were more closer to the father, who was more of an inventor, if anything. So... Although they traversed and would walk and go on strolls and little expeditions of the way, it's not like they were hunting or they were putting themselves in that place for meeting death too much. And after that, it's even less because the Feywild would not have put it you in that position. It actually would have done the opposite, would have done where everything is alive and well for for Thorn. So you start to think about fishes because you have depending on your past depending on where your tribe would have positioned themselves sometimes was by a river sometimes was by a lake or maybe by the ocean and all those moments you guys would eat fish a lot so These distant memories of eating fish and smelling fish that would be kept on the sun for a day or two, you know, floods the memory of Thorn. But it it just, the curiosity is, why are you with fish in this room? Thorn goes,
2: oh, what is that smell? It smells like fish.
3: Yes, there's a... Dead fish in the room. Roll a inside check with disadvantage because you're right now in, you know, like, I don't feel like you have been away from the whole woohoo moment, you know, from your getaway. So I feel like you're a little bit more gullible. You tell me if you, if you, that's not like, nah, I would still think that that's bullshit.
2: I would argue that I think, like, the fishy smell is, like, so out of place that Thorn is, like, really confused. And it's not that, like, he thinks that they're, like, lying. It's just, like, it's more so doing insight to detect if there's something off about the statement.
3: Yeah, for sure. Do a normal insight check, then.
2: Uh, he got a 14, which is surprisingly good considering I have a minus one
4: insight. (laughs) I got a 22.
0: (laughs) The master of deception strikes again.
4: Honestly, getting, like, proficiency in deception was, like, the best thing I could have done.
3: I would love to ask Woody, how does that work in Thorn's mind?
2: I think in Thorn's mind, he's picturing, like, dried fish, if that makes sense. Like, he's imagining that, oh, like, the goblins that are in here kind of like how we used to do have probably hung up fish to dry and that's why it smells so thorn kind of goes oh yes 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 like hanging up the fishes to try
1: them for winter yes uh, exactly now uh we're almost there so close you're about to win thorn just like
2: starts running forward blindly because he's like yes i'm about to win yes i'm right in
4: front of you <laughs> so
2: you probably hit me Yeah, Thorn just, like, runs forward, but because Methuselah is in front of him, he just kind of, like, slams into your side and, like, falls flat on his ass.
3: Alright. So what do you guys want to do now?
4: Well, I'm gonna help Thorn up and then continue guiding to the door.
5: Seeker's still guiding Meepo, but like, definitely, Methuselah and Thorn are gonna win. But Seeker's still gonna reward Meepo if he doesn't take the blindfold off So that's that's how it's going to be
0: I guess just like by the time Both Seeker and Methuselah With their blindfolded friends Make it to the door uh, Mortis is going to turn to Seeker And be like uh, There seems to be some sort of Locking mechanism On this door uh, Would any of you Be able to do something about that I'm not much for the Dexterous type things.
5: A seeker's ears are gonna kinda perk up. Uh, yeah, Mortis, uh, just give me a minute. I, I got some tools that should be able to open the door for us.
0: Ah, oh, that would be wonderful. Uh, here, let me help you. And then Mortis is gonna just, like, take Meepo's hand so that he's not just standing in the abyss.
3: As Mortis takes Meepo's hands, Unfortunately the light starts to dwindle and the torch goes out.
0: Damn it all. And then uh Morris is gonna drop the spent torch and light up another one.
5: Seeker's gonna go up to the door and they're gonna like go through into the uh one of these small pockets on their backpack and they're gonna pull out their thieves tools.
3: Roll a dexterity check for me.
4: Twenty-eight. <laughs>
3: Jesus. You just completely
0: dismantle the lock on this door. You
4: dismantle the door, rip it off its hinges, put it all in a neat pile with all the, like, nails and screws and hinges and whatnot. Put it feel
2: it back into a tree.
3: With ease, as ease as you can breathe, you just undo the lock and it's able to open the door completely this place has a small set of stairs that is a makeshift it's literally just piles of rock on top of each other to make stairs that goes down about two feet this room is more like a half crumbled room as like a portion of the ceiling has clearly descended onto the far end of the room. So it's a triangle almost. There are spots where the debris is used for a function. There are manacles and shackles on the walls with small little skeletons on it. And one end, there's clearly some sort of post that was placed there and propped completely solid with another piece of debris where three cobalts are bound to the pole. And there is in one corner a small cage that you guys don't see the occupant of this cage yet.
4: I have a question. I know I wasn't in the like, discussion with the cobalt leader. Um, so I didn't hear the part with this being the dark warden's place. Do I recognize this specific room at all?
3: I would like you to do an intelligence check and undo it with disadvantage, because this place is very, like, crumbled down. So a lot of its features have been obscured by the debris.
4: I think thematically, I'm going to use knowledge from a past life to boost my check, because I feel like that would be relevant.
3: Yeah, do so.
4: I almost had a natural 20, um, but on my disadvantage, I got 19. So I got a 19 and then a 20, but I can't use that, obviously.
3: Seeker is the first one to enter this place. Mort is right behind it holding Meepo's hand and the torch lighting up the place. When Methuselah reaches the threshold of the door the flash of the light illuminates enough for you to see yourself in one of those shackles in a long time ago
4: Hello travelers, it's me Kat from the Storyteller's Tavern, I play Methuselah on the Sunless Citadel and I'm here to talk to you about our friends at Fire Breathing Kittens. Fire Breathing Kittens is an actual play, Dungeons and Dragons one-shot podcast with a season-long plot. Because each week episode has a standalone microplot like CSI or Doctor Who, feel free to jump in at any point in the season. There's no need to catch up on past episodes or listen to every single release. Hop right into any tale that sounds fun. The cast rotates. Every week has a different combination of four of the same group of people. There's a beginning and an end to each week's story. Join fire-breathing kittens as they solve detective mysteries, attempt comedic banter, explore, and enjoy friendship. Now back to our regular scheduled outro.
0: You've reached the end of this episode of The Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of The Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12 p.m. EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Cortin from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The World of Nosomundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern.